A reading from the Gospel according to St Luke, chapter 24, beginning at verse 36. Jesus appears to the disciples. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they had saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled? And why did doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, This is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. O Lord, open your word to our hearts and our hearts to your word. And give us grace to receive it, to understand it and to obey it. For the glory of Christ our Lord. Amen keep getting asked by colleagues in work and family and friends if I've had a good Easter. Was it nice? Usually it's followed up with a statement along the lines of, I know we can't get away, but, or, shame it was during all this COVID-19 restriction. Truth be told, I don't go away at Easter. The last number of years it has become customary to use this time more as a period of deep reflection and I suppose a yearly appraisal of how I'm doing. Probably sounds a little self-centred, but it really isn't, as I'm conscious that if I am to confess a belief in Christ and follow him, then I must ensure that I'm doing so in his image. That is to say, that all that I do should have Christ at the very centre of it. And the reading allocated for today shows Jesus at the centre of the disciples. Not just metaphorically, but physically. And this in itself is pretty amazing. For Jesus had been crucified. He had died, and yet here he was, among those closest to him. Peace be with you, says Jesus. Well, that peace is Christ. And yet the disciples are startled and frightened, thinking that the man standing among them is a ghost. In John's Gospel, we read how the doors are locked. And whilst no mention exists within Luke, it isn't too far-fetched to assume that the doors would have been secured. All that the disciples had been hoping for, praying for and believing in, had been dashed upon that cross. Or so they thought. The image of Christ before them must have been scary. Not just because they thought that the doors were locked, but because they suddenly came face to face with the resurrected Messiah. How awesome a sight that must have been to have stood of Christ in that moment. The doubt 
that these disciples felt is in essence the very real and human doubt that we all feel from time to time with most aspects of our life. For those of us studying on the Masters in Theology programme within the Church of Ireland Theological Institute, we are tested to the limit at times. Personally, I've had doubts whether I would make it past my first year and yet here I am in my third year. Doubting God, I'm sure, comes to many of us as well from time to time. In 2014, whilst giving an interview in Bristol Cathedral, Justin Welby, the Archbishop of Canterbury, admitted that from time to time he has doubts about God. I admire this statement. Because here is a man who is leading the Church of England and admitting something personal, but in a very public domain. It's worth noting that Archbishop Welby, in a separate interview only a few short years later, stated that, and I quote, We need to be a church where I am who I am because I am in Jesus Christ. That's the only thing that gives me identity, unquote. And it's often at times when life gets hard that we are most likely to doubt what we know or feel is true. Our belief systems are shaken to the very core and I can feel isolating and lonely at times. COVID-19 has had that impact on all of us on this island. The virus hasn't stopped at the border, but rather it ignores the politics, culture or senses of identity. It has stopped, however, the students of this institute from attending physically and impacted upon the fellowship and community that exists. Quite frankly, I've had my fill of Zoom. But it is this large global event in COVID-19 that is causing such doubt with us. So above everything else, we can surely relate to the doubt the disciples had after the crucifixion. We can understand the feelings of loss and fear. We can close our eyes and imagine just how petrifying it must have been to have to hide from the Romans and the Jewish leaders. The risk to their safety was very real and very much present. And yet Christ appears to them. Why do doubts rise in your mind, he asked them. Well, why have they not had the faith to believe what he had told them? What he had told them so many times and in so many ways. Touch me and see, he commands. One can imagine again the look on the disciples' faces and that hesitation to touch where those nails had entered through his hands and his feet. The hesitation to touch his side or to feel the warmth and smoothness of his skin. Christ is risen and there in their presence so that no one can doubt it. The rebellious side to Jesus is one that I find so appealing and enjoyable to engage with. Jesus was a serious man with a message of eternal life. But Jesus also took delight in speaking with those around him in so many different ways. I imagine there was a slightly humorous angle when he asked for something to eat. Christ is risen and about to ascend to be with the Father and I don't believe he was looking a snack before he did so. But rather, he was demonstrating that he was very much alive and there. 
Corpses do not eat. The dead have no need to eat. And Christ, once dead for our sins, was now among them, very much alive. And it is that element of Christ's story that we remember and celebrate at this time of year. Easter is a strange time, and one that is filled with ups and downs, with emotions all over the place. Holy Week becomes gradually darker, and by the time we arrive at Good Friday, it is solemn and sober. Good Friday this year, I spent in St Mark's Dundella in East Belfast, which is my placement church for this academic year. A soloist got up to sing the psalm with a newborn baby strapped to her chest. Shortly after beginning, the baby stirred and began to cry. It was those cries of a newborn, so fragile, so strange even to them. And I found myself listening to the echo of that baby crying, watching the mother soothe her baby while singing the psalm. And instantly, I thought of the Blessed Virgin Mary, once holding Jesus in that way, nursing him, loving him and protecting him, and then having to watch his death upon the cross. I found myself moved to tears within the sanctuary, overwhelmed with emotions that coursed through me and a very real presence of the Holy Spirit among those of us who had gathered. A dark day. But as Easter Sunday came with the celebration of Jesus' resurrection, he is risen. And the joy that fills us as Christians today is the same joy that filled those disciples on that day he appeared to them. It is the same joy that Christians throughout history have experienced and enjoyed. But what does this matter to us in 2021? Why should it matter? Well, Jesus was very clear in his ministry. And within the reading for today, he tells us that everything that went before and his death upon the cross and the resurrection had fulfilled all that had been written to achieve our salvation. Christ knew that he would have to die for us. He knew he would have to suffer for us. Why does it matter? Well, it matters because without his unselfish actions, we would never have achieved eternal life with the Father. We wouldn't have the assurance of the world to come. That matters as much today as it did 2,000 years ago. And one way we can better understand what has been written, the way in which we'll be able to better understand Christ and his role within our lives, is to open our hearts and our minds. Jesus gave the disciples the ability to understand the scriptures. And likewise, we are given the opportunities and blessings to explore our faith and achieve a far better understanding of what it means to be a Christian and to serve God. Some of you listening will have uh, taken up reading over Lent, possibly taken up a Lenten book in the form of a daily devotional. Well, that desire to explore and learn more that you find during the 40 days of Lent can extend into your everyday life. We're all busy, and, and I get that. I find it odd on the very rare occasion when I get the house to myself. But disappearing with God is a great way to better your understanding. Use that time of private prayer or when you read scripture to meditate. To spend time with God. Jesus suffered for you and I. He died a horrible death 
so that our sins may be forgiven. As such, I proudly say his name to all who will listen, because I, like you, are not worthy of the forgiveness we find ourselves receiving. Let us go forth into the world and be what Jesus commanded us to be, witnesses of these things. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.